Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The following is a presentation of the Eastern Michigan Sports Network. Smith on the feet. He's to the 10. The 5. Evans up the middle to the five, into the end zone, touchdown, Eastern Michigan. Straight from the 7-3-4, it's the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Foling Warehouse, your weekly chance to get in on the action. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all, Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. Your weekly dose of everything insightful on this Monday, Tom. A busy weekend that we had for Eastern Michigan and an even busier week ahead uh, as we look at it. Uh, Eastern Michigan getting ready to host Akron tomorrow on the gridiron as they will play Senior Day. Trying to get a taste of Toledo out of their mouth and quickly uh, as they like to flush it. And this is an Akron team that's dangerous coming into the factory. I think any team is dangerous when they have nothing to play for because you can really let it all hang out. And if you can't play for anything for yourself other than the W, what better thing to do than to make sure you ruin someone else's season? Eastern has to win these last two games, Akron and Buffalo, Yep. if they want to go to a bowl game. You knock them down on Tuesday night, it's over for them too. And at least you could say, well, we're not going anywhere, but either are they. So, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. And, and I'm sure Eastern Michigan would have hoped this game would have gone through some sort of time warp that they could have got the taste out of Toledo out of their mouth earlier. But you had to live with it, and hopefully it's made them stronger and that game doesn't beat them twice. Yeah, I mean, it seems like we've, we've had the NIU hangover that went into Western, and now you had Toledo. You, you can't let it carry over and, and quickly wipe it out. But that's the good thing about a big senior class is I know one of their goals is still Brian Dooley wants to play in that fifth bowl and something that's never been done. Well, you think about it. At Eastern Michigan team has never gone to three straight bowl games. That's still on the table. They've never won back-to-back bowl games. Yep. So there's still a lot there that the seniors can play for. It's not the season they wanted. They wanted to win the division. They wanted to go to Detroit. That didn't happen. Things didn't go their way. Um, and, and they got beaten a couple games handily by Western Michigan and by uh, Toledo. So there's still something to play for, and they still want to go out on a high note. You don't want your final game to be on the cold turf in Buffalo. And then it's like, all right, well, thanks for coming. Uh, have a good one, and we'll see you next season. Yeah, like I said, the trip to Buffalo next week still could be a lot of importance for, for a number of reasons. If you get this one, you go to Buffalo, uh, a team that really last year had your number there on the outside, have no chance, but and get a, a really good Miami team tomorrow as well. So they, they 
could be staring nine possible losses in the face. And then how does that play into it? Because then if you get this one, maybe the door's much wider open. Yeah, you'd think so. I, you know, I kind of prescribed the theory that if you get up early in a game like this or the game against Buffalo, don't you feel like the other team's going to kind of feel like, here yeah. we go again, and it just kind of it falls apart? Oh, 100%. I mean, if you look at Akron, it's the fourth longest losing streak, road losing streak in the country. Yeah. They haven't tasted any kind of success away from home. Well, and, the, and even but, then, that's been limited. But they've played some tight games, which is interesting, because defensively, you look at them like nothing blows you out of the water. Like, this team is not, like, there's nothing they do that's great, but they're good, and they, they hang around. Well, it's I, just they can't get it done at the I end. I point back to that game. You and I were waiting on the tarmac, watching overtime against them in Indiana when they should have won. Yes. Yeah. We're like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Here's Watch out. Yeah. Here we go. And then all of a sudden, you look at it two months later, and it's like, what happened? I know losing your quarterback changes things, but... That's something. And you get an Eastern team that offensively, how do you get a rhythm? Yeah, DJ Irons went down at week five against Buffalo, but they have Undercuffler, who's been, he's one of, another one of those guys that's been around forever because yep. he played four years at Albany before he went last year to Akron. And then we saw him mm -hmm. after DJ Irons went down in that game, which ended up being a tight game down at Akron that Eastern Michigan won. Not to mention, Eastern's got a three game winning streak against these guys. You know, you got a chance to do something. You got guys in this team that have never lost to Akron. Hope. So you, you want to keep that ball rolling. But Undercuffler's a guy that can sling the ball around. The, the backup behind him is a guy that can run the football. Very athletic guy. So it's, it feels like when you get to this point in the season, you're prepping for two quarterbacks anyway. You have to be because no one's healthy this time of year. No, you, you get banged up and it's, I mean, kudos to Eastern Michigan for, I mean, Austin didn't make it the whole season either. You know, it's yep. Chris Creighton. I remember him telling me a couple years ago, we were talking about the quarterback situation. He goes, it doesn't matter. I've never made it through an entire season with one quarterback ever. Yeah. And Somebody's going to get the banged up. The teams that do are the ones that are really, really good. I mean, Georgia, okay, he hasn't missed a snap. Uh, I don't, uh, do not do the injury. I mean, he's right, 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 right. Michigan, Ohio right. State, all those. Even Alabama had this had an injury problem at one point. Yeah. Well, yeah, some teams are really keeping their, their quarterbacks up. It looked like uh, Daquan Finn. I mean, he's only been sacked. Eastern Michigan got a sack against him. It's only the fourth sack yep. that's been recorded against that offense this season. And one of those four sacks was intentional grounding. So he only got sacked three times, but he's super mobile. And it's just hard to, to stay upright for that long. It's a grind this season. Now you're playing these midway games, and you, you got to get through, but you're just the finish line is right there. Can you string two together and get yourself to a bowl game? Get Tom to somewhere warm. Get somewhere warm. Yeah, that's the uh, that's what the that's what the hashtag is. Tom somewhere. Tom warm. somewhere warm. Well, really, you know, you're not going to Boise. No. And but the last time they won six, it was Detroit. Yep. Do you think it'd be Detroit again if it's six? Certainly could be. Could be. There's gonna be so many teams that are not gonna be bowl eligible. They're gonna be putting people anywhere. Maybe we could play two bowl games. Maybe we'll play one in Detroit and we'll play a warm one. Yeah, let's let's do that. But we <laughs> got to stretch it to a fourteen gotta, game. Got to win two more still, but one game at a time. You can catch our radio broadcast tomorrow at six fifty. We'll have the airtime on WEMU and the Varsity Network. We'll have Chris Grayton's thoughts on this week's affair, as well as his usual tradition of honoring the seniors by bringing the most influential man, a man in their life, into the locker room on a, on a great speech. Do you remember your senior day, what it was like? Because sometimes they're so emotional, you kind of forget about them. Senior day for me in college was on the road. We played Whittier, and uh, we lost. 
I remember that. And also on a kick return, I was returning a kickoff. I tried to hurdle a guy and his helmet hit the inside of my left knee. Ooh. So I went head over heels and I was down on the field for a little bit. And then I just remember saying to the training staff, I ju it just can't end this way. So I got up and jogged off the field, but I had to stay mobile on the sidelines the entire game because as soon as I stopped walking, I knew it was oh, yeah, over. Yeah. So, I mean, when that game was over, I felt beat up. I felt like I left it all on the field. I would love to have won. I would have loved it if we could have gone to, you know, a playoff game. Um, but it just wasn't in the cards. And then I actually went to a combine after that. It was, really? a, it was an NFL-CFL combine. And once they recorded my 40 time and some of that stuff, I, it was it quickly realized I'm not going to play at the next level. I just don't have that tank. Yeah, the and pipes I, for it. Instead. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> call the game, yeah. Play the game, probably not. Not so, so much. Um, but it was, I, I was glad I had that experience. And uh, I think what players end up missing the most is what happens in the locker room. Yep. The camaraderie, the friendship. The, the games are great. You'll have great war stories to tell with your buddies. But you really miss that camaraderie when you get away from it. And then you try and find it in other places through work or yep. family and that type of stuff. But uh, it, it's a great senior class. They've accomplished a lot at Eastern Michigan. I know this season hasn't gone the way they wanted to, but they can look at the wall and see the bowl games they've taken this team to and co-West, Mac champ. They've done a lot. So they, they more can, than most. I, I can say, still, as you mentioned earlier in this interview, a lot of things that uh, will go on a wall if they're able to win these next two plus one, yeah. if you win three, then everybody forgets everything else. <laughs> All right. Speaking of, of something else, uh, it was a game on Saturday that I felt like the, the team we've watched the last two years was wearing the opposite color. It was Georgia Southern taking yeah. quick shots, not playing a whole lot of defense, and maybe some just Georgia, just Eastern Michigan, meanwhile, organized, fast, quick, and defensive. Yeah, you think of the, the defense for Eastern Michigan basketball last year was one of the worst in the country. And I'm not just saying that that's not hyperbole. You looked at the stats. Yep. They were one of the worst teams in the country as far as allowing points. The game against Georgia Southern was almost a breath of fresh air because they opened the season on Monday against Butler and they got absolutely run out of Hinkle Fieldhouse. You're like, all right, well, Butler's kind of loaded for bear and we're playing our first game together with a lot of new bodies. The Georgia Southern game, very consistent game. They open up an 18-point lead. Georgia Southern gets on a bit of a run, tightens it back down to six. Last year's team could have, been yeah. could have folded. This team didn't. Slowly grew that lead back out. They end up winning the game by 10 points. It was a very good basketball game for Eastern Michigan and gives you a lot of hope. The craziest part of the entire game is Kirill Martinoff's free throws. If, you, if and when you come to a game, he shoots them one-handed with his left arm down by his side. And he was 0 for 3 at the free throw yeah. line. Technically 0 for 4. One didn't count because there was a lane violation. And you'll hear Stan Heath today, and I ask him about it, and it's fascinating why he's shooting that way. That's what we call a tease in the business. That's a tease. You want to listen for that. Yeah, you want to listen. I know there were some people uh, that were like, why is he shooting like that? Do it the right way. But, hey, it's the right thing. Bob Simon and, and those guys have full confidence in them to get this righted and, and get a stroke, but it's breaking bad habits. He is breaking bad habits and a dominant left hand yep. when he shoots free throws. And when I talked to Stan Heath after the game, it was great. And you'll be amazed at who's coaching him up on that strategy. Yep. So there's a good story there, but it makes you feel good about basketball. The non-conference schedules part punch you in the mouth to make you grow as a person yep. and part games that are winnable that can build confidence. Their next game against Florida Atlantic is a punch in the mouth. 
Well, the next two, possibly. Also, if Cleveland, Cleveland State, State, really good. Already took out a talented Ohio team at home. Uh, so uh, you'll get your true knowledge the next two games. Florida Atlantic is dropping the banner. It's their home opener. Yeah, I can say. It's going to be, as Stan Heath called it, it's going to be 4th of July. It, it's walking into the lion's den. Yeah, like, okay. But, I mean, you want to grow as a team and you want to put your feet to the fire. That's a great game to do yep. it. Like, the expectations are, all right, Eastern's going to get run out of the barn again. This team was final four a year ago, and they're just waiting to drop the banner. It'll be a packed house. It's going to be everything you don't want to walk into as an away team. Maybe they shock some people. Yep, maybe. So we won't have coverage due to the football overlap, but Dusty May, the former head coach, our former assistant coach, is the head coach at Florida Atlantic, and Eagles will be tested for him uh, tomorrow night. They're already in Florida, somewhere you both you and I wish we were, but as well. And then uh, the big culmination of the weekend, Ben Braun and Legacy Day coming up on yeah. Saturday. We'll get to spend some time with him on Friday when he flies into town. They started painting uh, the signature on the court yesterday afternoon when I was here. It'll be a great day for Coach uh, and a special day for EMU basketball all around. He's such a legend, too. And my brother went to Eastern Michigan, was here during the Ben Braun era. And it's funny because you think, boy, Ben Braun must be 110 now. But he was so young when he was coaching at Eastern Michigan. Yeah, he was one of the youngest coaches in the country yeah. at the time. Yeah, and he's still, I mean, he's still in tip-top shape. Could could. Yeah, he still plays tennis, runs every almost every day. He's Probably in better, better shape, shape than, than us. Than, yeah, I can say, <laughs> he could run miles around me. But it's great. I, I love what's become of the George Griffin game above center. Just a few years ago, it was the Convocation Center, and now it's the George Griffin game above center. And there's a statue out front, and Ben Braun's name on the court, and there's a ring of honor. The basketball has really gone through a tremendous transformation off the court. Now we'll see if the encore can start following that and get back to the glory days of where they used to be. But it's really been an amazing transformation. And I, I know Stan Heath, it was important to him, too, to have some of that legacy come back and be like, hey, this is the way basketball used to be and get that back. So it's, it's been pretty cool to watch that all transform. It'll be fun. Hope you can join us on Saturday. They're also selling replica 1991 jerseys. Not the gray ones, still the green ones. I know everybody would rather have the gray ones because uh, they were some of the ugliest jerseys. But the story goes they sent a guy to Dunham's to find some jerseys. This was before Adidas deals and all so that. So this is in the 80s. This is, yeah. And they sent a guy early, to Dunham Sporting Goods to get jerseys? Yeah, to try to find some jerseys. Okay. And this was the, the stack that they had the most of. They were gray, and they were like, yeah, that'll work. Instead of white home jerseys. Right, so right. They, they tried it out. But it was, it, you think the football jerseys are hard to read, white on, on white. These are gray on gray with hmm. gray lettering. That would be. Yeah, of that course, you're much closer in basketball when you call a game. And you can see their faces, which helps a lot deal. That's true. But I can identify Kirill Martinoff in street clothes. He's seven <laughs> feet tall. But yes, that's, the, that's an amazing story, though, where you just go to Dunham's and, and get jerseys. There was a similar story with the Washington Redskins in the 70s when uh, Vince Lombardi was coach and his brother-in-law was selling jerseys for Rawlings. And so the Redskins said, you know what? We'll order our jerseys from you this year. Now, the, at the time, they had this kind of crimson helmet with a spear on the side. Well, when the jerseys came in, they were like four shades lighter. <laughs> and it was like the week of their first game. So they repainted the helmets to match the jerseys. And that's why for one year, the team had a lighter colored helmet than all the other years when they wore the spear because the order came in wrong. 
Man knows his stuff. That's why he's also a great follow on TikTok. <laughs> the helmet guy, right? Hooked on helmets. Hooked on helmets. The helmet. You don't even know my name. Do you follow? I'm not a TikTok guy. It's also on YouTube. Okay. Hooked on helmets. I'll sign up. Right you don't now. have a TikTok account? I don't. Everybody's got it now. Not everybody. It's been banned on the campus at Clemson. There's been a lot of campuses that are banned on. Uh, yeah, we won't go political on this show. <laughs> we'll stay away from that. But follow Tom. Follow this Eastern Insider. We've also got Tom's interview with Charles Gordon. So much more on a jam-packed episode of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider podcast presented by the Folding Warehouse. Are you ready? Ready to find the right care that works for you? Care that connects you to what you need anytime, anywhere, and fits best with your lifestyle. Whether it's in person or in your pajamas, online or over the phone, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan connects you to the care you need when you need it most. With the largest network of doctors and hospitals, an easy-to-use mobile app, and a 24-hour nurse line. Because we're always ready to help. Learn more about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan at bcbsm.com. It's here, Bowling Warehouse, and sports will never be the same. Bowling combines the best of bowling and football, but you don't have to be good at either to have a great time at the Bowling Warehouse. Ipsy Ann Arbor's newest place to play is now open. 20 lanes, two bars, over 100 beers. The Bowling Warehouse at the corner of Washtenaw Golfside in Ypsilanti, where everyone comes to play. There's only one place in the state of Michigan that takes you straight inside the locker room. And that's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action, bringing you more coverage than any other program in the mitten. Stan Heath getting ready to join us right now. Talk about his ball club here. Tremendous performance. They fell behind 2-0 early, then took the lead, and then they never looked back in this contest. Stan Heath joining us. Yeah, you can flip it around there. I got to... But I like that. Oh, Sonia had it before. So he, he's, he was looking at it like he'd never seen a headset before, but he got it dialed in. But let, let's talk about your freshman. He hit a big three at the end of the game there. He had a, a good game against Butler, comes off the bench, scores more points by a freshman coming off the bench since 2017. You gave him the start today, and he responded by being your leading scorer. Were you surprised by what you saw him out out there? No, you know, he's a freshman, but we see it in practice. Like, he'll have days, on, and even in the fall, like, we would stat, like, practices and over a period of time. Like, he'd have a week of practice where he shot 60% from three. So we know, and he's got the green light uh, when he's open to let it fly. And uh, obviously that big one right there kind of yeah. gave us that cushion we needed as they were making a push. But, uh, yeah, it's good to see. You know, he's – you know, and it's funny, the kids over in Europe, they, they play so much basketball. You know, they play in, uh, you know, their national teams and all that stuff. So this isn't like, you know, I don't want to baby the kid along. Right. But he played in the U19 Nationals over against the world. So, I mean, he's he's prepared for this stuff. He's, he's actually a more experienced guy than what his age says. Yeah, and he, no hesitation, even late in the game there. Like, he wants the ball. He has no fear in pulling the trigger. And, of course, when he can hit four three-pointers like he did, Makes a big makes difference a big in your difference. offense, right? Absolutely. Makes the offense kind of look a whole lot better, for sure. Uh, your team, too, still finding their way. You know, you see a couple guys, maybe one guy thinks he's going to cut towards the basket, but he went to the corner. Uh, Martinoff on one thought the guy's going to shoot, so he goes to block out, and they throw it to him. How long, in your experience, does it take before that team, playing in real games, kind of gets it figured out? Well, that's that's why you hope, hey, you can – you know, other teams are going through the same thing. Absolutely. Especially with this new day and age where you got – you know, new players, you got freshmen, you got portals, you got transfers, you got all these different mm-hmm. things happening. Um, there's going to be some, uh, you know, just, just building that connection chemistry with your team. So I'm hoping, 
you know, before conference, obviously we want to be there for sure. But right. I'm hoping we get about four or five games underneath our belt. We get like a, a more cleaner rotation of, of who's playing what and who's starting, who's coming off the bench, whatever it may be, and we get those things done. Do I have a bug on me? Yeah, you I did. I feel got like you. Cra- I it was a big you. one, too. This is going to take a piece out of me. I want to ask you about Martinoff's free throws. Yeah. That is the most unique free throw yeah. technique I've ever seen where he has his left arm by his side, holds it one hand, just kind of flicks it. That is very so, unique. So this is how this happened. So um, he, he's obviously a guy that's still developing his game in a lot of ways. But you can see he can run. He's mobile. Yes. He gives us presence inside, all those different things. So uh, Coach Simon actually went to a clinic. Uh, they had it here in Michigan. And Steph Curry's shooting coach uh, was actually teaching shooting. And so he was talking about, like, guys who struggle with the free throw line. And sometimes what happens is, they overcompensate, and they got that left hand consuming the ball, so all of a sudden the rotation right. goes in a different way. So we're in the early stages of, hey, look, we just want to get you comfortable with one hand. We want to obviously and, – and, and he's – like, you'll be surprised. Like, we'll be in practice. He'll make five or six in a row or another five or six in a row. But you get in the game all of a sudden, and you're a little bit anxious. Yeah. And I like the first one, the ball kind of bobbled a little bit, and he just <laughs> shot it because he just had the adrenaline flowing. Right. And, I, you know, as time goes on, that left hand will come back to the ball – but right now, he, you know, if I do that, his left hand is going to be so dominant, you'll see the spinning going all over the place. Well, hey, listen, a great win. Always great to win at home. Now you got to go play a very tough Florida Atlantic team that was in mm. the Final Four a mm. year ago. What do you want to see as this team continues to progress before you get home next Saturday? Well, we know um, with a team like that, you know, they, they got everybody back. They're not going to be making a lot of mistakes. They're going to be at home. It's going to be... Fourth of July, because it's the first home game, they're, they're yeah. putting down the banner. So we're, we're going into a hornet's nest, and i got to prepare my guys for that. And we're leaving right away. We're leaving on Monday. Uh, but they're awfully, awfully good. We know that. Um, and uh, we've got to look at some film and kind of see maybe what they're doing a little bit different than they did last year. Let our guys see what we got to face. And obviously, you know, we got to be a team, which we did a better job today. We cut down our turnovers. Um, you know, for the game we had 14 or 15. Um, we got to get that down to about 10 or 11, especially against a team like FAU. So we saw progress in that. The ball moved a little bit more. We had 14 assists. Um, you know, we're going to have to other guys step up. We can, yeah. Acuff, Acuff played a good game. He's going to have to play his A game in that game. You know, Jalen came off and did a, some good things for us. He needs to be a, a big presence for us as well, too. So we got to all step our games up. But, uh, you know, hey, this is what the early season's for. You find out where you are. Absolutely. We're playing against the best of the best in the, in the, in the country. And we'll know exactly, like, hey, you know, it's, it's not going to hurt us in any way. It's not right. It's not going to hurt us anyway. Maybe we can do something special, and that's what we're going to try to do. Beautiful. Stan Heath, congratulations okay. on the victory. Great win to open up Thanks, the home man. portion of the schedule. This episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast is brought to you by National Trails Bus. Safety, comfort, reliability. Come ride with us, as well as Trinity Health. Trinity Health is the preferred health care provider of EMU athletics. Get top-tiered orthopedic and spine care to get you back in the game, as well as standard printing and design, the standard of excellence in design and print for small business. You're listening to the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, presented by the Folding Warehouse, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Now let's get back to the action with Greg Steiner and Tom Helmer. Joining me now, Charles Gordon, and you and I were just talking about what it meant to you to play here at Eastern Michigan. It meant so much for me to play here at Eastern Michigan back at a time where, you know, we were able to do some tremendous things here, uh, being a part of a winning program, turning the program around that 
uh, a lot of people said couldn't be turned around. I was a part of that. That wanted it to go away, really. Before I signed, before I came here, you know, I, we had heard rumors that they may not have football here at some point. And, uh, you know, it was always tough to deal with. But, you know, the, the coaches at the time were, you know, Jim Harkema, Hall of Fame coach yeah. here. Um, I got to play for him. What he brought was uh, a tremendous weight of recruiting and giving guys opportunity. And I was just fortunate enough to get an opportunity and go on to play more ball after I left here at Eastern. What did it mean to you when that call came in and said, listen, we're going to put you up with the, the legends here at the university? Well, it's funny. Uh, my kids, and when I told them, the call was, was, came as a shock because, you know, 30, 30 plus years later, you kind of figure, well, I, I, at some point I figured maybe I'll have a shot. And then after 15, 20 years goes by, um, I kind of put it in the back of my, my head. And when I got the call, I was shocked, but at the same time, extremely honored. You, know, you and I were talking, too, about jersey numbers. Yes. You got to wear numero uno. And that was back in the time, too. You had to be the man to wear number one, didn't you? You know, wearing number one back in the 80s and 90s, you know, was one of the things that you, you really, coaches, for one, wouldn't give you the jersey unless they felt you were worthy of wearing it. Mm-hmm. And two, you know, the, the footsteps that you followed in, there were a lot of tremendous players across the country that, that garnished that number. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anthony Carter comes, you know, yes. comes to mind for me being graduating here at an East Lansing uh, high school at East Lansing High. And um, Anthony Carter, seeing him at U of M on TV and uh, going to some of those games and seeing him wearing number one, you know, somewhat of an idol for me, just not wanting to be a wide receiver because I was a defensive back. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't get along, but... Um, the, the opportunity to wear number one. In high school, I wore one. In uh, Pop Warner, I wore one. And so naturally, when I, when I came here to Eastern, there was no other number that I wanted to wear. He's the reason I wore my socks all the way up over my knees, Anthony Carter. AC. You and I both. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have to worry about the dress code back then. Our, our socks were always pulled up. Listen, you were in a, a golden era of Eastern Michigan football, and it's kind of come around again. The team's going to bowl games. The team's been competitive in the MAC. What's that been like for you on the fan side of things as an alumnus watching that? It's, it's a tremendous... Uh, it's a tremendous scene here at Eastern Michigan right now. From an athletic standpoint, you know, I, I was out with the team today as they were doing the pre, their, their day before walkthrough, going through special teams, and they're getting their final checks in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, it was just phenomenal to see them winning. And when you're winning, it's just players just have a great feeling, and you see it. It's just, they're, just, they're just oozing with confidence. And the, the thought of not having a winning season, much like the teams that I played for. The thought of, of not having a winning season never crossed our mind. Well, I, and I'll sign off by saying I want to be the first one to say it to you. Thank you, Hall of Famer, for this interview. I appreciate it. Living in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Charles Gordon, thank, thank you, thank you, you so much. I appreciate it. All right. There's only one podcast in Washtenaw County that takes you inside the athletic department every single week. The Eastern Insider Podcast, your home for all things Eastern all the time.
Eagles return to the factory for the final time in the 2023 regular season as they host Akron on Tuesday night. It'll be senior night under the light. CBS Sports, the television network that will help air it, will have radio coverage on WEMU as we're joined by the head coach himself. Coach, I know there's a sign in your coach's meeting room that says tough times don't last, tough people do. Having weathered through the last few weeks, what does it say about your team's resilience to keep fighting and battling it? Because there are teams that could have shut down in the second half. They fought back and, and made it a, a competitive, more competitive situation last week at Toledo. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if we, you know, we, we it's not like we got back into the game, but we did we did keep playing, keep fighting, and it's it's hard to do when you're not expecting, you know, to be down 35 nothing at halftime. Right. I mean, it's hard, you know, but yeah, our, our response over the next two weeks will show our, our true colors. That starts with me and, and with our coaching staff and, you know, with our players and our team. And I have... Uh, Full confidence, you know, that our guys, even on a short week, you know, are going to be prepared and ready to go on Tuesday night. How much do you, if you look back, you start drive number one, you're moving the ball a little bit, and then the offense gives it back in short territory to the Rockets. If you don't turn over and they they have a longer field to go, do you think maybe there's it doesn't get as slow of start as it did on on Wednesday night? Yeah, I mean we I mean we'll never know because you know the reality is we we did move the ball some through an interception, and then you know it was a sudden change. It was in our side of the field. They go down and and score, and then uh, I believe. That kickoff return, we had a penalty, so we were backed up, moved it a little bit. They had a really nice punt return, another sudden change situation, and they go in right away uh, and score. So it, uh, we'll never know, you know, if we put a drive together, um, don't throw the interception, you know, <laughs> how that would have changed the game. Um, it, it sure was a, a really bad start for us. On a defense perspective, uh, Daquan Finn only had been sacked twice or three times all season long. One of the times was intentional grounding. Your team able to get to him twice in that contest. What was it, the defense able to do at portions? I, I know they had the interception and were able to force a stop late, but what were they close on a couple times? Yeah, you know, we we wanted to try to contain him and not let him get out of the pocket to either run or throw. He's super dangerous in in both of those ways. And then, you know, when we did keep him in the pocket, he had a lot of time to throw most of the time. And we we played some man early and they made two incredible plays, really contested catches on the sideline, but both, you know, clear catches and and we played some zone and then there was just a lot of space with all that time. And I mean his completion percentage was was incredible. Um, I mean, he had a, an amazing night. And, uh, you know, so containing him, which we weren't completely able to do, he got loose and it hurt us. But, uh, you know, containing him was a, was a good plan, just we weren't able to do it. They had a lot of explosive plays. Is that the thing that you were most worried about going into the contest is their ability to get those explosives? Yeah, they're 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 talented. They're they're fast, um, and uh, they've got the ability to drive the ball. But you know, they also do create explosive plays. And you know, that was not on our top three things. You know, we needed to stop the run, which we did. We needed to contain the quarterback, which you know we 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 say that we did not. And then we need to take the ball away, and we did twice. Right. But the the score was you know yep uh, pretty lopsided by the time that we had done that. Turning attention to this week a little bit, uh, your two linebackers both moved over the century mark in terms of tackles for a year. 
During your 10 years here, you've only had two other linebackers surpass 100 tackles in a season, Kyle Rockwall and Kobe Beltram. Where do you kind of rank in, in terms of, of where this linebacking core would be in, in even all your 27 years of coaching? Yeah, they're good. <laughs> they're really good. And we're deep. I mean, we've got five seniors playing yep. linebacker right now. And uh, so, you know, Chase gets everyone organized. I mean, he's a, a vocal, you know, commanding leader in that way and uh, sees sees things and communicates it. And so he's does a great job with that. And then, you know, between the tackles, I mean, he's a big, strong, yep. you know, physical guy. And then Joe is not nearly as vocal but he is just a missile. He's so fast. He's so physical and aggressive. Um, he's just a great football player. And so not only are those two really good players, but, you know, the combination, they really play play well together. And then, you know, you got EJ and mm -hmm. um, Luke and then London, you know, to, to round out, you know, five senior linebackers. This week, the opponent, the Akron Zips, uh, as you try to defend home field. Points per game at home, 20, is your team able to average 25 points a game at home? The difference, though, has been the ability to get sacks and also points off turnovers. At 27 points off turnovers is the difference at home. You look at Akron, they've maybe struggled a little bit on the road. 40 of their 165 points this year on the road have been given up via the turnover. How important is the turnover takeaway battle once again this week. Yeah, it's always it's always critical. You know, I mean, it'll be um, our focus this week for sure. You know, Akron is. Uh, uh, I watched their game. You know, versus Miami, and uh, you know that was another really hard fought, close game. I mean, there are a couple explosive plays. You know, Miami by Miami with a difference. Yep. Um, you know, and Akron's starting quarterback. You know, went out. Uh, the, the backup in that game came in who'd played a lot of football for him and is really talented. And then the original starter came back in. Um, and so anytime you're dealing with that at the quarterback position, you know, it's probably hard to get into a good rhythm and, and all of those things. But, and again, their, their defense, they gave up a couple of, of explosives that ended up being the difference. But I mean, they held Miami to less than 300 yards offense. Right. You know, so like, I'm just, yeah, this is, uh, this is going to be a, you know, a, another huge battle. Yeah, the Zips only give up 318 yards per game on the road to their opposition. It's a team that, though, is sneaky good. They can find a way. A lot of division uh, FBS transfers that they've come away with. When you look at this, everybody from an outside perspective says, oh, you just got to win two. But from an insider perspective, you really have to dial in on that one and all mentality because you start thinking, well, all we got to do is win these next two. If you don't win the first one, it doesn't do you any good, right? Oh, yeah. No, that's that's not our thinking at all. Other than just with the seniors, like I said, you know, like the other night, it was 13 days left, guaranteed. So you have that greater perspective. But um, no, all of our focus and attention is on senior night and getting ready to play at um, Akron at home. Speaking of, of seniors, you'll have 18 of them. You've had some guys that you started recruiting back in 2017. Brian Dooley, Mikey Haney, they play in 18. You've had some guys basically here for, for 11 months or, or, or shorter. How do you go about celebrating this wonderful class that's brought so much notoriety to this university? Yeah, so we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do that. We'll certainly do it on, on Tuesday night. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll be 
you know, talking about it, you know, throughout the week. Um, and really it just starts with talking to them and in our leadership meeting, just again, reflecting and, and realizing this is going to be the last game that they play here. I think it's important, you know, to take that time to, to realize the moment. And I mean, this is a great time of their life and, um, you know, to make sure that they're soaking up, you know, every minute of it. And so we'll be doing that throughout this week and going to play, um, you know, our hearts out Tuesday night. You also will be honoring seven members of not only your equipment staff, but your recruiting and operations staff that you think of all the hours that they spend setting up the field for practice, laundry, recruiting, all that, that go unnoticed for those kids. I mean, how important are they to this program as oh, well? Oh, man, I, I, you know, I I could talk about them every single day and still, you know, not, not do them justice uh, for all that they do. Uh, they make practice go. They make getting ready for games and practices go. It's, you know, nonstop. Gosh, you know, the group that's graduating, um, you know, they are, you know, again, have been here as long as right. these players and, yep. and whatnot and uh, are just totally invested. And so we're certainly going to celebrate them, too, and we'll miss them. One of your traditions has always been inviting the most influential man that the players have in their lives to come back and, and celebrate them, whether it's telling them why they're important or just maybe for the first time telling somebody that they love them, especially. Where did that come up with? And have you, by chance, did you have that opportunity? Was it Kenyon or someplace to have that moment too? No, I didn't. Um, it's something that we started when I, my first year um, being a head coach. And, you know, you talk about wanting guys to develop off the mm -hmm. field and, and whatnot. So it's, you know, these guys, many of them are going to end up being husbands and fathers and all of those things. And I think as just men, we don't um, always easily or naturally, you know, express and talk. I mean, it's weddings and funerals. Yep. And so just have always challenged the guys to, to uh, invite the most influential man in their life. And, you know, families are recognized on the field. It's a great deal. Uh, I think that's really common. And then, but they'll take that person back into the locker room, you know, before kickoff and introduce them to the team and tell that person why they mean so much to them. And, you know, it's whatever the guys make, you know, but yep. it's been super, you know, powerful and at times emotional. And, um, and uh, the, the back half of that challenge also is to say, hey, look, you make sure in your lifetime that if anybody that you, you know, that yep. you are in relationship with is ever asked, who's your person, that you're the kind of person that they immediately are saying, man, I want to introduce this person. Sure. Um, and uh, just the paying it forward and all, all of those things. So um, we do that. And it's uh, something that we, we look forward to. You've made an impact on hundreds, thousands of lives. Coach, we appreciate your time. We know it'll be an emotional week and getting ready for the Zips on Tuesday, but hopefully it'll be a celebratory locker room come Tuesday night. Yeah, we're, uh, we're preparing hard and uh, excited for the opportunity. Appreciate your time. We'll catch you next week when the Eagles get ready for Buffalo. But first, it's the Zips on Tuesday. We wrap up the Insider right after this. This has been another edition of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Eastern Insider Podcast, powered by Learfield. Tune in every Monday for new episodes all year long. And don't forget to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or your home smart device for all of our episodes on demand.